G'day and thanks so much for buying our preview edition of Year Round Carnival, looking at the great day of the Australian racing calendar, Randwick, Derby and Doncaster Day. Before we look forward with Vince Accardi, let's look back at some of the greats. And Bozam left them standing. Look at that acceleration once again. Set a new Group One record in Australia. She's truly in a league of her own. Kept tumbling down in the city that we love. Chautauqua is eating up the ground. Lord of the Sky, a half in front. Chautauqua starting to level up. Here we go. Boom. But if you close your eyes, does it almost feel like nothing changed? She breaks all the records today. She's a champion, Wings. She wins it by Can he do it? Chautauqua, he's flying. Yes, there's history. And Vince Accardi, some of those names are just fantastic. Black Caviar, Chautauqua, Wings, Sunline, Octagonal. Tomorrow, though, we know one thing. <laughs> Going to need to be able to head to the wet track, mate. Yeah, just bring Winks back. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> wish, it was, wish it was that easy every time. True. Uh, all right. One thing we know with uh, with Randwick, it's going to be wet. It's going to be heavy 10. It's going to be rail true. And we know what, uh, well, everyone's going to have that mindset leading into the meeting, unlike last week with the uncertainty. Uh, what, what are you predicting on how the track will play? Well, if we looked at Randwick, at its previous meeting, it was just like smashed with weather and it raced very well for a heavy track and there was no chance of it getting called off like we yep. last weekend. So I'm hoping for exactly the same. There's no rain forecasted actually for Saturday for when I looked yesterday. So if that's the case, then, yeah, just a nice, clean, heavy 10 and... Let's have strength that they find the right lanes, and those lanes, typically six to ten off the fence, is going to be great. But who knows? The old story, Ralphie, when you're using so much energy and you're fatigued, it's hard to take advantage of the legs, and therefore saving ground can be also an advantage. Right. 
So <laughs> race shape is, is is vital as always. And yep. two, two of the uh, three group one races that we're looking at have big fields. We'll do it in chronological order. Race seven on the program, the AJC Derby. Favourite for the race, and oh, what a what a head scratcher this is. Hototsu, uh, I certainly can't remember something similar with a a, a favourite in the AJC Derby. Second up off a first up win in the Australian Guineas, straight to the twenty four hundred. Now, um, I'm not going on rumours, but I do have uh, some stable intel that uh, that they are considering uh, removing the runner for the uh, Queen Elizabeth uh, next week. So uh, that that's. That's just on the table. On Friday morning, we're taping this at quarter past six a.m., but we can only go with the information in front of us. Um, he's favourite for the race, and then outside of that, there's Regal Lion, the Kiwi character, and both of those are on the quick backup, and perhaps that's significant. How are you seeing the pace in this race? Just impossible to see him go slow, Ralphie. It's going to be very quick or above average for a heavy track. There's just no chance that this isn't going to be all about how well you can stay and handle the ground, which is going to raise, I feel, big red flags for some horses, in particular a horse like Hitotsu, has to be a big red flag regardless of whether it runs or not. So for those who've got your early edition race speed profiles, you've got uh, in the order Hitotsu, Forgot You, Character, Allegron, Castle Ray, Kid, and War Eternal. Of course, everyone's got your early edition for, for getting this service. I, I'd assume that means that's your talent level, and then you have to sort of di- yep. di- di- deep dive a bit further. Well, yeah, the next stage is ascertaining, okay, there's the top six right now. A, who are the best wet trackers, and B, who's really – genuinely going to be able to get the distance. And what's really crazy is, Ralphie, I know Hitotsu's got the victory at 2,500, but if you recall, we did do a podcast, if I remember correctly, oh, yeah. leading yeah, leading into that 2,500, and its best chance of winning was going to be a race with no pace. And that day, the horse went 17 below. Now, there's probably a 10% chance that could happen here, or unless there's, you know... A, a whole bunch of scratchings could change the dynamics, but that's the type of structure it needs. But you've got the added challenges. How's it going to handle itself on a very heavy track? And it is second up. And when you even when you look at the data, I mean, the performance of putting first up was stunning from my perspective. It really demonstrated that it's come back potentially. Well, I have to say, better than last campaign. And we've got a we're dealing with the possibility of a high class horse. But is that going to be enough? Now, there are a lot of horses in here that <laughs> I don't even know why they're running, right? Yep. So they've got zero chance, and this probably helps a Totsu. So class has always been the way I like to look at it. But, wow, it's a you've got to be a brave person to back this horse. So what you're describing basically is in the Victoria Derby, off a slow tempo, a fantastic turn of foot. You know, and actually combined last two sections, 3.1 in the mid-race, 6.7 length, last 400, last 200 in isolation. Let, let's break it down further. Seventh best last 200 of the day at the end of 2,500 metres. That was a fantastic turn of foot, but off a slow pace. So here, even if they'll be obviously not going fast relative to top of the ground speed, but you're saying there's going to be a testing set up here, heavy 10, and these on paces are just going to want to roll. That's what I see happening, Ralphie, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of horses aren't going to want to s- scratch because you 
you don't get many opportunities to run in this race, especially if you're a three-year-old, right? This is your opportunity. Yes. So it makes it hard, and it's just one of those challenges. We find ourselves in that situation. And the setup is still slightly different, but I'm, I'm going to back the stable in terms of if they've got a plan, that's the strategy. Of course, very interesting to hear you say this possibility. The Queen Elizabeth, that's, what's that, a 2,000-metre race? Yeah. Far, far better yeah. suited to that. But different, you know, you're up against different demons in terms of capabilities. There are, you know, some monsters in that race as well. Yep. So I, I always try and get some themes to, to, to put to you. And I think one of them is there's there's a few horses here that have come from Mooney Valley. Obviously, Sydney is, is well known as, you know, it's uh, to, they've got a horrific run with, with weather. <laughs> the Mooney Valley Alistair Clark form that a few come from, I just want to put on the table to people listening. That was a blistering time race. It was Cox Plate speed. Yes, absolutely. Uh, high pressure from pretty much from 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 the get go. So that, that's the horses like uh, like Castle Ray Kid can't go wrong. Uh, El Zami. There's a there's a few of those in the race, and that that's sort of the type of pressure that that these that you're saying could add to the speed here. And that's what I feel is going to happen. And yeah, look, you look at say a horse like Castle Ray Kid, very fit had two booming first sections. One was first up in the maiden run, 11.9 above, and then there was that Mooney Valley performance 15 days ago, and it was like Gay Waterhouse back at her best, knowing how to have horses in situations where they can be, you know, really screwed down and run fast and hard and make it a test. Now, of course, it hasn't worked for the horse at its very last start, but it was <laughs> it's one of those situations that it's a tough thing to do at Mooney Valley to go that fast. No doubt. So the other theme for the race is is that quick backup horse. And uh, there are some racing sayings that absolutely stand the test of time and that quick backup wet track. So you've got character and wow, this horse uh, for, from New Zealand, you always say a, a non-winning position is uh, is more than 10 lengths from the lead. And J- James McDonald now on uh, goes on to Regal Lion from uh, from the 1850 during the week. And even that in itself, it's normally it's a 2000 leading, the, uh, the Tullock, and it's got a really good record horses on the quick back seven day backup from 2000 in this case different dynamic five day backup from 1850 yeah yep true all these things are very very true ralphie and <laughs> the good thing is all right well 13.3 lengths below benchmark you've run a half a 1850 meter race yep which is going to help you right that's i wouldn't consider that to be a fully blown run and so a five day backup of off that i'm not going to be in the negative as far as that goes it's just going to be how you're going to handle yourself class wise so what what did we see from that new zealand derby because there's two horses there also um uh, the other horse of murray baker's there white noise has come from the race and we can again a racing truism that the best 2400 race i think there's a mark lambord saying the best 2400 lead in form is 2400 run so it's definitely got miles and legs this horse how are you assessing its chances yeah it, it does ralphie but the profile for that race actually <laughs> going from ellersley to newcastle the ellersley run was a length and a half below it right so you're talking about very slow <laughs> new zealand yeah form. so yeah. i'm sitting here saying you didn't stun me I, I was hoping for more i really was hoping for more and maybe we might see it today because he's you know they're very very astute trainers and Perhaps the, the, there was a strategy, and you know the eighteen fifty w- wasn't going to be suitable for the horse. So I will give merit there, and and it's the type of horse that could potentially 
maybe. What do you got to run? Benchmark minus one. Yep. So what's a couple of lengths off the Newcastle run? Isn't an impossible, Ralphie. Forgot you, uh, same colours, not a different stable, but same colours as for, uh, Hitotsu. Forgot you, you've got second on your, on your line. Obviously, thrash last start, thrash by Animo, <laughs> let's say, the world-class Animo. And blinkers off, as except for 2,500. It wasn't as good as uh, um, Hitotsu in the derby, but it, it, it started, what, second favourite to it off a, off a tough slog in the Mooney Valley, and it says dead track here, but I think it's pretty obvious Mooney Valley Cox Plate Day raced on the slow side. Uh, why have you got it on, on second? most advantage of the state well just from a, a class pre- performance point of view that run two starts back firstly 0.4 above benchmark that had a lot of merit in that group one 1600 meter mile uh, to yeah, years, I, yeah i thought that was a solid performance and then if you look at the previous campaign it did string some excellent runs in that sort of 2.1 to 3.1 range i felt that it fizzled when it got beyond that like that run at mooney valley in that group two that's not a horse that looks like a 2,500-metre horse to me. That's like a horse that needs under 2,000. Now, yeah. last start, went to Rose Hill, very heavy track, super slow speed. The mid-race move was big, entitled to be 27.5 lengths down to 5.9, and I felt did hold really well. But it, this is the thing, Ralphie, when you're in a situation – where there's no pace. Now, that 27 below, even on that ground condition, even when I make adjustments, that's still barrier trial speed. Yeah. And therefore, you've got more of an opportunity to be able to handle yourself. And that's 2,000. Another 400 metres, it's not going to be easy. It's got the right rider. I like, you know, it's just a class thing. It's, it's, got the, it's got the class, but big question mark. And again, my problem is you can win, but it's an impossible horse to back. Yeah. I want to ask you about War Eternal. We're touching the Mooney Valley race about the high pressure there, but that was on a good track. Yet this is a horse who showed pretty good capability. I mean, beaten, you know, in that, uh, that Ramwick run when it was fourth, it wasn't beaten a long way over a mile, probably yet to be tested at 2,400. How are you assessing its chances there, War Eternal? The challenge for this horse is going to be how well are you going to handle the wet track? I mean, it, it was on a bottomless track. If we go all the way back to July 21, yeah, a minus thirty-five. We, I mean, that's just absolutely <laughs> waterlogged, right? Yeah. So, even though the WTI only came back at point one, it was just very poor times. So there's a there's a class issue, but I, I suspect this horse is going to have some capability of handle the wet ground, and its best chance is, you know, can we go thirty or forty lengths below benchmark? Right. So. Let, let, let's narrow this down a bit from, from a business perspective. I know you're excited about the TJ Smith and then we've got the Doncaster to break down. From, I'll ask you from two ways, from a class perspective and from a heavy, wet track uh, capability on uh, a heavy 10 over 2,400. Well, firstly, class, I feel confident that both the Tots who forgot you, they have an edge because even the figures that I've plugged in to the dashboard, it's too and a half to three lengths below, below their profile. So I'm making big adjustments for the step up to the to this distance range and the scenario where there's going to be challenges for these horses if they don't meet the right race shape. Forgot you can definitely, in my view, handle the wet at this stage better than Hitotsu, but we have to wait and see. When a horse has one go on really wet tracks, I don't put them straight in the sin bin. They can turn up at their next time round and, and handle it, especially when they're young horses, Ralphie. 
Character's the horse that's probably out of the top three has the best wet track profile. It's just a matter of can you make that swing upwards? It's a winner at Geelong at 2,200, so we know this horse can get distance. Just a slightly behind on class. Now, if I put isolation and don't give those top two horses their best profiles, then this sort of gives me an indicator that the horse is up to this field because it's definitely got the distance capability. And the only horse I didn't mention was Allegron, who's been well beaten in its two runs this time in, ran second in the derby to Hotatsu. I should ask you about it. Yeah, well, there's another horse that if you ran second to Hotatsu, you're going to struggle to go past it. And your answer's pretty clear about how well can it handle the distance. All right. Sounds like this is a race you won't personally be participating in. Well, I love the race and I'm excited to watch it. Yep. But if we're getting down to business, I'm just not that good. (laughs) <laughs> That's it, nice and simple. Well, let's talk business when it comes to the TJ Smith, one of the, uh, well, probably ranked now the second best uh, sprint in Australia behind the uh, behind the Everest and, and speaking of which, Nature Strip is also who's won both of those. It's pretty clear with Nature Strip what his profile is. He explodes in grand finals, uh, befitting the trainer, Chris Waller. Uh, Eduardo, uh, there's not much between them every time they've raced except the 1200. Nature Strip is 3-0 over him. They both handle wet tracks. They're both fantastic horses. They both race on speed and they dominate the market. Uh, high twos, Nature Strip. Uh, high threes, Eduardo. How are you breaking down this race? Wow, yeah. Now, Nature Strip was a bit of a puzzle for me for what happened last start first and foremost. I was just trying to understand when I looked at the first up run, Versus the second up run, there was a lot. There was some clear reasons why I felt the horse didn't deliver, even though there was a you know there was a nothing margin between them. A bob of the head could have gone the other way, and the horse has got victory. But then when I went to Ramwick and stayed at the thousand, I wasn't expecting that sort of performance. I felt the performance should have been a lot better. So I found myself looking very closely. I took a really close look last night, Ralphie, at why on earth. Did you really struggle? What was it? What was the key ingredient? And, of course, there was this scenario shortly after the race about Wallow talking about how much work he'd put in the horse. I think it might have been before the race, actually, Ralphie, that he talked about how much more work he's put into the horse. And I felt, oh, maybe that's what flattened it. And that was the thought I had in mind that could be the case. But I like to go just on the data analytics has been my key essence for me and I like to back my analytics when it comes to money and what I found was this that on a really heavy track this horse loses a couple of lengths and the the first thing I did is I had a good strong look at its profiles on slow to heavy ground and my my shock was this the softest ground it's been on has been a minus 10.3 and if I compare it to Eduardo and that day when it was a minus 10.3, he had a WTI of 10.5, and the classification of the track officially was heavy. But this is a S5, S6 track, Ralphie, right? So are we talking about winning this race two years ago, the fourth of the... In, yeah, back, uh, yeah, back in 2020. 2020. Yep. Yep. Eduardo has been on grounds where it's been minus 15 and had a superior profile. Mm. Uh, in other words, a, a track that's five lengths worse. Yep. And when you look at WTIs, the difference between them is only about a length and a half. Therefore, 
the superiority on heavy ground has to be given slightly to Eduardo. And perhaps this is the reason why Nature Strip needs to have a track that's probably borderline S7, but not H10. So this is, and when I say not H10, it doesn't mean the horse isn't going to perform, but the horse loses a couple of lengths. Which you don't want to be doing against Eduardo. Oh, no, absolutely not. So this now becomes a big risk for me, and this is a horse that I've loved backing myself. Yep. And probably a horse that I was very excited to want to back, particularly if I could unravel why the performance. And again, this is my analytics coming into play. It doesn't mean I'm going to be right. I could be found to be wrong. What I am sure of for myself is if this track's waterlogged tomorrow, it's a no-go zone for me for Nature Strip, and he's going to be very vulnerable. So conversely, Eduardo, field of 11, to high threes, that tells you probably, what, $1.50, $1.40 the place. Um, I know you like keeping the place on side. That, that, that seems like a, an appealing uh, setup. Yeah, for him, and then there's Mars Crusader. But Eduardo does, Ralphie. Firstly, on what I'm touched on i went through and had a very close examination of all the all the wet track profiles and i seen this distinct difference between the two the second thing joseph pride good on him he trialed this horse on the 25th of the third that was borderline winning trial and what freaked me out is when i looked at when I felt there was another time when I really had this belief that the horse was a borderline winning trial, I went back to May, Warwick Farm 740 trial, where it won very comfortably, but it just the whole structure of that trial gave all the signals that that's like a, potentially a winning trial, and it came out and won that Doomben race, which I was against the horse, Ralphie, that day. I was against yep. that horse of, for winning. And I, I think from yep. memory at that stage, 1,200 was a query on its historical yep. profile, but it just you, you, afterwards you just put your hand in there and said, Joe, Joe Pride too good. He's just taken this to a new level. This is it. And so now I sit back and say, okay, fantastic. So the two setup runs at 1,000 metres, you know, and again, Ralphie, I'm only making this scenario. Like if this track is slow seven or better, I want to put my money on Nature Strip. Yep. If it's waterlogged, I'm staying away from Nature Strip, then it's a decision whether I back Eduardo or Mars Crusader. Nice. All right. Well, that's, that's, that, that's there on the table. So let's dig deeper into Mars Crusader. Um, he's $9, and I would say on a simpler two – well, there's two reasons. One, he's a bit of a naughty boy out of the barriers, but two, he just hasn't really let down up the straight. So it's a case of do you forgive him up the straight, and then what's his profile? A very, very good sprinter around the yeah. bend. That's right, and we have to look at this Flemington situation last night. <sighs> All the main chances, Ralphie, they they didn't turn up, did they, with their big capabilities in sprints yep. up straight. They just didn't turn up. Now, of course, the track conditions, how I played them, I did speak to Liam O'Keefe and asked him the question about, do you feel that there was something different about the track in the middle? Because I just found it surprising that three key trainers, all their horses turned up flat. Yeah. And I just didn't think that was something that I would have an expectation of happening. And he was, you know, really being confident and saying that he'd never worked the track any different to any other time. Yep. So was it a verde drain issue that created this? But they didn't turn up, Ralphie. So I've got to wipe that slate and say, forgive and 
because I just can't lock it down and I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, these trainers just failed to d- deliver them on the day. Not all of them. I could understand one, maybe two, <laughs> but not. there was probably half a dozen trainers on the day that their horses didn't let down. In that, that outside division. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and, and point three, I reckon from the time this horse came into work, yeah, yeah, they would have loved the new market, but this was its goal. Correct. And this is the other beautiful thing. You're going to love this, Ralphie. Go to August 20. Yep. Ross, 25.9. <laughs> got beaten a lip. So WTIS. It wasn't a heavy 10. It was a heavy 25. Yeah. So that gives me the signal <laughs> that this horse handles it better than Eduardo. Right. So the only challenge for this horse is, A, like you said, what risks do you want to take into consideration if it just doesn't jump out the gates as cleanly as it should? Yep. And B, if they happen to rip up front, does the horse get too far out of its ground and attack the right lanes or not? Right. So from a class perspective, $9 is a very good price, both from a class and a wet track ability perspective. Absolutely. All right, so Shelby 66 is the romance horse, and rightfully so, uh, elevated to group one last start. I always like peeling back the difference between historical, yeah, it's a group one, and what did it actually do in the clock? And, and as, as romantic as the story was, 2.5 lengths above benchmark, that is very rare to win a group one. And and just here's some simple comparisons with other Galaxy winners. Eduardo, 4.8. Nature Strip, 4.9. Inner Time, 6.3. Russian Revolution, 5.8. So that wouldn't have gone close in the last five uh, Galaxies, but it was good enough to win. He obviously handles a wet track. He obviously has great tenacity and he's in the zone. Is he good enough to beat these? Well, the beauty is I haven't taken advantage of these victories, of course, so bad, Vinny. But the reality reality is what I did realise is this horse is a phenomenal mud runner. Yeah. And loves it. Yeah. But didn't get past Eduardo and I know it was looming like it was going to. Is it going to be any different up to the 1,200 metres? Well, the horse can get 1,200 metres. Does it have another run? Well, who's to say that it, it can't? I mean, it's it's airborne. Yep. And my view is, well, if it does win, that's just going to be a bit of a freak of nature for me. <laughs> it, it, it was the boulders odds for a reason. <laughs> yep. So so that's always worth having a look at. So Rock and Horse, it was on the best part of the track at Mooney Valley, but uh, sorry, at Flemington, but then uh, I had Mooney Valley in my head because also on the best part of the track was September Run that when, went and won a group one at Mooney Valley after that, the William Reid last week. Uh, you've got its uh, wet track and its New Zealand profile. Where, where's it fit in this race? Well, when we look at the performance, 2.7, well done to the team because that was a around a one-length improvement on what its best was in New Zealand, which is fantastic. That means you've really got the horse to peak and perform superbly, taking away that there may have been some advantages on the inside, but the reality is it ran to its profile and it actually turned up a length better. So there's every possibility that I know this horse can turn up and run 2.7. Could it run better than that? I can't see it in the numbers anywhere. So I, I reviewed it from all different variables. There was nothing left at the end. If I want a clutch of straws, could there be a half a length? Maybe. Maybe. But that's like I'm, I can't rubber stamp that. So I sit down and say, okay, 2.7 is your peak. If you repeat that, that puts you here in the top four or five. 
couple of mistakes, you're on the podium. You're a chance. I really want to ask you about Paul Ely. I don't think we've got real uh, visibility on its heavy track capacity. It was just in the wrong spot throughout last start and monster jockey change of Jamie Carr going on. We know he's a talent. We've been tracking him through the Sizzlers, uh, but he's a three-year-old taking on the elite. How's he line up if he uh, if he can handle the wet track? There's no question Paul Ely produced a excellent performance last campaign at this track over 1,200. It was a plus four, rock solid, top eight really gave the signal about its class capabilities. This time in, that first up run at Randwick, off a really slow pace, half length above, I could see the merit that this horse could really sort of elevate up. We got onto this heavy track. Has to be a big query, Ralphie. Just has to be a big query on really wet tracks. It's it's in a similar scenario, but slightly worse than Nature Strip, that they're going to, be able to be capable up to a slow track, but then if you got to that situation, if you had a, have to have 100 bets 99 times or 98 times, you're going to back Nature Strip before you back Paul Lee, Paul Ailey. If the track's in the slow range, in the heavy, mate, you can give me any odds you want. I won't take it. So nice and simple. If, we, if, if it's a slow, if it somehow miraculously dries out, Nature Strip's hard in your thinking. If it's the heavy 10 that we expect it to be, it's Eduardo and Mars Crusader. Yeah, and I'm just, Randwick surprised me. And if there's no rain all day Saturday, we can start off heavy 10, we could end up with an S7. I'm not going to say it's not possible because I've been just freaking out on how well they've been able to get this track to race. All right. Uh, one of the great races, full stop in their calendar, but also from a punting perspective, from a real puzzle and thinking perspective, the Doncaster, big field, the the uh, the iconic Randwick Mile, and wow, uh, have, we, have we got a head scratcher tomorrow? We've got uh, some real real class at the top. We've got on Thunderstruck looking set to peak, but unusually here, Vince, with, uh, with the favourite uh, Forbidden Love, we've got a whole bunch of horses who haven't come through fast races, real slow tempo races. The Australian Guineas, is, uh, sorry, the uh, the um, All-Star Mile at Flemington has been well documented, was was laughable tempo, but uh, but uh, Jamie Carr was giggling up front on uh, on Zaki. And then some of these Randwick runs that, uh, uh, sorry, Sydney runs that Forbidden Love have come through, just been barrier trial on bottomless ground. Wow, it makes it uh, difficult for me. How have you been able to assess, firstly, the pace of this race? Wow. I just kept riding down fast, fast, fast. Just nowhere to hide. How are they going to sit up and go slow here? How? How is that going to happen? Unless there's a million scratchings. <laughs> so this this is the starting point I looked at with Forbid Love. Off slow paces in, in what are the fields that we've had? We've had nine starters, nine starters, eight starters in the last three starts. Now the old racing saying, which does uh, usually come through, big fields create pressure creates pressure and if you haven't been able to get on the train and back forgiven love in one of its past three starts <laughs> i'm not suggesting tomorrow's a good day to back it right definitely not suggesting that it's a good betting proposition because there's queries at a mile yep in terms of what you can deliver i'm not saying that you can't run a mile but you have to run mile at a different level and at a completely different race shape like you touched on. How are you going to cope with that? It's going to be very, very tough for this horse. The, the advantage it gets, it loves wet ground. There's no doubt about that. And is there a possibility? <laughs> well, Jamie's probably not going to be able to control this race up front at all. You know, In fact, I don't, I don't even know if the horse can lead. And if it does, you want to be really worried. 
I'm thunderstruck as a horse that uh, you've got on top, uh, and I dare say that's from a, a pure class perspective. Its Turak win was phenomenal. Its Golden Eagle run was very good. Looks set to peak here. Has it got genuine heavy 10 capacity? If it is indeed a heavy 10. Uh, yeah, well, Ralphie, the, the wettest ground's been on was a minus 15.7. We're going to go to Caulfield. Yep. And that was back in June of 21. And so we could say that's, you know, well and truly in that S7, borderline H8 range. Yep. Therefore, we know that that horse is up to that type of level. Got beaten 2.6. WTI, though, 4.2. It's not going to be one that you're going to beat your chest out and say, let's be all over it. But it was second up. There, you've got to put a little bit of forgiveness into that, Ralphie. Yeah, and, and Dynamite you, Leaders track too. That yeah, you, you can't just sit there and say, oh, well, I can't sit there, I mean, and say, oh, no, you can't hand, handle heavy. You haven't really been given the opportunity. Now you will. I felt that the run still did have merit last night. I thought the horse raced a bit heavy, but still, off that race shape, the way it pushed itself to the line, <sighs> I know it was drawn the inside. Maybe this horse absolutely loves to get that free air so it can just absolutely explode up the straight. It's going to get that, I feel, at some stage in the race tomorrow. So, And I'm tipping that the wider lane is going to be better. It'll be just a matter of, okay, can can you deliver that type of performance on potentially a heavy 10? Fourth best last 400 and 200 of the day in the uh, in the All-Star Mile there. And I think what's significant here in your most advantage is that you've got so much All-Star Mile form here. Inspirational Girl, again, the slow tempo is against it. Ice Bath was just, you know, that wasn't uh, that wasn't how, how that chore should be ridden. And, of course, it was planted wide. And more to the point, this is a horse with a real clear profile. It needs racing to peak. And then when it gets, gets into the zone, it races very well. Cascadian, the tempo was against, and these horses quenelled it last year. So inspirational girl. Firstly, heavy track capacity. Have you got any, any visibility there? Well, there's the victory at Flemington back in March 22, where it was minus 18.5. Sorry, this is? This is for inspirational girl. Yep. And that was... Two starts marked, back. Yeah, that was yeah. marked, you know, genuine slow track. I would say we, we're, we're tracking to that borderline H8, but we have to factor in some very slow speed. As you remember that day, it was awfully slow in race pace and it was just a brutal sprint home, and that's probably what gave it that extra few lengths. So there has to be a little bit of a query on how well you can handle the wet ground, but it, it's again, it's a runner. You can't sit there and say you can't handle it. It hasn't really been given an opportunity. So from a talent perspective, $26 is an enormous price because that railway win was serious. Absolutely. Yeah. And W. Pike Pacono, of course, rode it that day. Uh, the other horses there from the All-Star Mile, and let's bracket them, Cascadian and uh, an Ice Bath, given there was a nose between them in last year's Doncaster, and uh, we know that they can both handle wet tracks. They really can, Ralphie, and they're very capable horses, both of them. Ice Bath, it's funny how they've all figured in the finishes in these type of races in the past, and they, they can handle a certain level of wet ground as well. <laughs> Are they, well, firstly, Ice Bath, I'm, I'm very confident this horse can definitely handle the wet track better than Cascadian. So if we're, and I'm talking about if we're in this heavy 10 range. Yep. If it's slightly better, then I feel that they line up reasonably well. But And Cascadian has been showing, in my view, some glimpses of potential this campaign that it's ready to burst onto the scene. It's just a matter of now, it came back from 2000 to 1600. Is this now ready for it? So... You've got to be in amongst the chances. $26 is an amazing price for this horse. 
there's, there's lots of amazing prices. <laughs> it's just a matter of whether you, you get the right lucky dip. You're right, because <laughs> it, because it, as an as an overview, I suppose we should say that's that's your query here. It's just such a big field, high high pressure uh, th- that it becomes a bit of a raffle race. There has to be some some of that raffle, and and you can make. I went through a whole bunch of horses and said, well, okay, Dallasan could turn up and run big. Loves the wet track. Brutality's a horse that loves wet track. Who knows? All of a sudden, you might only need a plus two to win this race, right? And yep. This is the the thinking that I'm coming through with. Is what about Mr. Brightside. It's got a terrific WTI of 10.2. Only have to, if this race turns around and it's a mid twos, all you need to win, all of a sudden that's going to be there as long as it doesn't get caught in this high tempo scenario. What about Lighthouse? Probably slightly inferior on a heavy 10, but if the track's S7, it's got a better chance as well. So there's lots of chances, Ralphie. I'm a big believer you've got to stick with class. The gamble is, and this is the key, now gamble versus betting. Yep. How much of a risk are you going to factor in about, let's say, first and foremost, I'm Thunderstruck. Are you going to put your hat out there? I think it's a little bit different for me in terms of um, can you put your hat out there and say, okay, can you handle heavy or not? Because if you can, then why not back this horse? Five dollars, uh, yeah, each way, and and really, it sounds like, uh, and we're talking here, obviously, Friday morning. Your strongest conviction here is that you don't want to be on hidden love under this different race shape of going to to, to the mile high pressure. Yeah, I've marked all twenties. Right. Okay, that's nice and simple there. Uh, one horse has snuck into the field. I just want to get some get some clarity about with uh, with Banker's Choice. It snuck into the field here. Been finishing on really well. Tell us about the, the why. <laughs> Baker's choice. Where'd you find this one, Ralphie? Yeah, well, it's uh, there. You go. It's it's not really out of the market, is it? No, it's not out of the market. But also, it's been finishing on in slow tempo races. So th- this has to. This is your query here. Well, firstly, when I look at the profile, that run two starts back. That's where the merit is, right? Yep. Point three above. Like you said, no tempo, monster mid-race move, booming last 400 metres, hard not to love. Definitely looks like it's going to thrive on wet tracks and the miles, no disadvantage. But it is fit enough because whilst they're all slow, Ralphie, I look at the the three runs leading in in New Zealand. It was minus 11.9 first section, minus 9.3, minus 15.7. Eventually, you get enough runs together, it's not going to matter. <laughs> yep. You're going to be fit enough. And I feel this horse will definitely be fit enough. Right, uh, and and one other, yeah, and sorry, the other one that's that's in the market here, Converge. Uh, it's it's often a, a a good historical profile for for three year olds into this race off a of Rosehill Guinea. Some miles and legs. I think reckon trip, Triple Honor was Chris Weller's first Group One winner. Exactly that miles and legs, winning the Doncaster, uh, the Waterhouse Bot team, obviously Masters at it. Uh, had a big boom off beating Animo in a in a different circumstance in the Roundwood Guineas, but. Yeah, track distance, heavy track. Are three ticks. Yeah, they are all three ticks. Granted, and we, if we have this situation, if we assume that I'm thunderstruck, inspirational girls don't get through the wet ground, the heavy track, then we have a downgrade of about two lengths, and therefore, the bridge that Converge has to cover is just got to find probably a length on that victory that had it ran with two starts ago, to be able to put itself into. A chance of getting on the podium, so I'm not going to sit here and say no. Under normal circumstances, this horse might as well have an extra zero next to the nine to one. Right. 
So nice and simple. From a class perspective, you're very keen on I'm Thunderstruck and the inspirational girl at $26 from a wet track capacity, ice baths right in the race, and uh, old, old Cascadians in there as well. But there's, there is a raffle situation about the race. Uh, you'll be able to clarify it more tomorrow once, you're, uh, once you've updated your race speed profiles. Absolutely. Yep. All right, and of the three races, it sounds like from a business perspective, the TJ Smith is something you're going to be very interested in, particularly if it's a heavy, heavy 10, which gives you a bit more value on the likes of Eduardo and Mask Crusader. Yeah, and hopefully there might be a couple of other races that we've been working on that we'll obviously touch on tomorrow that could give us a bit more confidence that we can make some money. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Good on you. We really appreciate uh, you you uh, getting our uh, early edition of uh, of our year-round carnival preview of Doncaster Day. As I said, we're going to update everything tomorrow morning.